You're about to listen to the Jared West Podcast. We are so blessed to have you, and we can't wait to see what God's going to do through this word. Be sure to follow us on social media for more information about what God's doing through this ministry. Now let's get into the word with your host, Jared West. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning back into the podcast. My name is Jared West, and I'm extremely happy to have you here with me today as I bring you episode number three of the Jared West Podcast. I first just want to come on here and say how extremely thankful I am uh, for all of you who have been listening, sharing, and uh, giving me your feedback. I'm extremely thankful to have this platform to be able to uh, speak the Word of God. I have a burning passion for diving deeper into the Scriptures to really see what the Lord wants to speak to our lives and uh, what He has for us. So uh, we're going to continue to do that. We're going to continue to bring the light into the darkness. That's our mission here, and uh, that light is Jesus Christ and His Gospel. So uh, we're going to continue to do that. Love the Lord, and uh, yeah, we're going to jump in right to the topic that uh, we're going to be talking about today. So um, before I do that, I just want to say I was reading the Scripture earlier this week and something really, really stuck out to me and it didn't take me long at all. I was in uh, Paul's letter to the Galatians and uh, we'll actually be in chapter one, only down to verse six, because something really, really stood out to me. And I believe the Lord poked my heart there and really, really showed me something that's so relevant to the world that we live in today, specifically speaking in the church. And before we jump right into that scripture, Let me make this clear. It's obvious that there are a lot of topics that get disagreed on when it comes, uh, you know, to anything in Scripture. For instance, I'll just use this as an example. There seems to be thousands of interpretations of the book of Revelation. And I get that. I hold very strongly to my stance on it, which I do hope that one day I feel, uh, you know, called to talk on that on this podcast. But I get that there are a lot of different views on that and I believe that that's okay. I don't think that that means that one person is saved and one person's unsaved. But for instance, if you were to say that there is no second coming of Jesus at all, then that's where we would have an issue because you're not actually following what the Word of God says. In fact, the Word of God says specifically, very clearly, a lot of different times that there is a second coming of Jesus. So as an example, that's what I'm talking about today. Now, I don't necessarily like to use the word secondary uh, issues or secondary topics because all of the word of God is important. The word of God, the word of God is sharper than any two edged sword, the Bible says. But I do know that there are secondary issues that I don't believe play into one's salvation. We'll just say that. And there's a lot of conversations that we can have in order to dive deeper into the word of God, to build a stronger relationship in the church, to build a stronger relationship with the Lord. But with that being said, when it comes to the gospel, when it comes to the true doctrine of the gospel, there is no debate. There's no, eh, you know, there's a little wiggle room here. No, the gospel is strict. It's a strict set of belief. And I want to dive into what Paul actually, uh, you know, talks about specifically in that issue today about the strict doctrine of the gospel. So let's look at what Paul says. Galatians chapter one in verse six. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you into the grace of Christ and are turning into a different gospel. 
Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary than the one that we preach to you, let him be accursed. So in this context here, Paul is writing to a group of people that are questioning his apostleship, his authority, and his teachings. They're saying that Paul is basically preaching blasphemy because he's saying that you don't have to be circumcised. And the uh, debate there of the uncircumcision and the circumcised. But what they were doing, they were preaching man's works rather than the work of Christ that Paul had originally preached to them. And what's very interesting about what Paul says is that they turn to a different gospel, but there is no different gospel. There's no other gospel. And when I was reading that, I was really thinking upon the meaning of the word gospel. And the meaning of the word gospel just simply means good news. That's all it means. Good news. The gospel is good news. And we're going to dive deeper uh, in a little bit about what the true good news is. But when I was reading that, I was really thinking, if one preaches a different gospel, if one stands in the pulpit and they preach a different set of doctrines contrary to what the word of God says, then there no longer remains any good news. And I believe that's what Paul was saying here. You can preach a different gospel. Go ahead. But there's no longer remains any good news behind your preaching. There's no truth there. There's no fruit that's going to be produced from the gospel that you're preaching because it's not connected to the true and living word of our God. And that's very interesting to me today. In the same aspect that we see today, people, I believe, are trying to self-seek. They're trying to fulfill self-desires when they're preaching something that's contrary to the word of God, which is a different gospel. If they're adding or taking to the gospel of Jesus Christ, they're self-seeking. It's not based on man's desires. Or it is based on man's desires and it's not based on the word of God. Because it's the, the gospel is all about Jesus. It's all about him. So anything that's getting preached contrary, it's self-seeking. And that's where we run into this issue. Now, what also got me thinking is that in the church today, when you see people falling away from the faith, it makes me think, are they tr were they truly planted on the true and living gospel? Or were they planted on the rocky ground, as Mark 4 says? Because Mark 4 says that people will be sown on rocky ground. And they're the ones who hear the word but when they, they, and they receive it. But when tribulation comes, they fall away. And you see... Jesus said that we would have tribulation. So if they're not understanding that we will have tribulation, I'm using this as an example. If they're not understanding that they will have tribulation, when the word of God says you will have tribulation, they're falling away because they didn't have the right gospel. They were just going after what they, you know, they started off. Okay, the gospel seemed really, really good. At first, it may have seemed all about you. Oh, you know. Jesus saves. Jesus loves me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Now it's all about me. Okay, God, what can you do for me? Notice that. That's, that's I think, what the main problem is, is, what God, what can you do for me? That, that's, that, I think, is the problem, is that self-seeking desire. But when they realize that it's all about him, they say, this isn't what I was expecting, and they turn away. It's completely different than what they were expecting. And when these people fall away from the faith, they no longer like our Jesus. People don't like the true Jesus that's in the word of God. And in the society that we live in today, especially here in this country, they want a democracy. They want it to fit into their general, uh, you know, their general life. And they want it to make sense for them. And they want a democracy. But I'm telling you and reminding you today that we're under a king. The king of kings, lord of lords, the one who was, is, and is to come. And he's not up for debate. His word is true. And if somebody tampers with that, as a matter of fact, I'm going to go to Revelation hmm, Revelation 22, 19. I was just thinking of that as I was saying that, Revelation 22, 19. If anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. Now, I had mentioned earlier that I understand the difference of opinions on Revelation specifically. I'll stick with that example just because I uh, just read from that passage. But there's a difference between us being able to have a healthy discussion on different interpretations that uh, are seen in the scriptures. And there's a difference between that and just plainly adding or taking away from the scripture scriptures. Which, once again, leads to no good news, no participation in the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're the ones who say the Bible doesn't say something is specifically sin. When the Bible says plainly that it's sin. What's in it for me? How can I place my uh, you know, own, own general way of living into this book? And when they find out that it's not all about that. That's where the issues come in. And once again, there's no fruit. There's no good news. And now let me go on to say this because now it seems unappetizing to people. The gospel that we're preaching, it seems unappetizing because we're not giving them what they want to hear. We're giving them the true word. But let me just say that as we're going to preach the gospel... As we're going to go out and fulfill the great commission that Jesus has given us. He has told us to go and to preach the gospel to all of creation. He has given us that commission. And I believe there is one way and one way only to fulfill that. In preaching the word, we do it in truth. We do it in truth. There's no other way than to do it in truth. I want you to look at Romans 10:17. Now, as I turn there, we need to keep in mind that God's word is true. 100%. Once again, not up for any type of debate. And Romans 10:17 says, "Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the words of Christ." So, if we're going to go preach the gospel, we have to let them hear the true words of Christ. So that they are planted on the true gospel and have a chance to respond to the true gospel. 
That's what's so important about, you know, preaching the true and living word of God. That makes me think of uh, Matthew 14, actually. When we look at Matthew 14, there's a very, very familiar passage of scripture that we see. It's when Peter walks on the water. And Peter, at the time, there's this crazy storm and he's in the boat. And it's a perfect example of how we used to live our lives when we didn't have God and when we didn't receive Jesus. And he's in the boat and he's terrified. But in correlation with Romans 10, 17, when Peter hears the words of Jesus, there was one word spoken to Peter. In that moment, Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, command me under the water. Jesus said one word. He said, come. And that true and living word that was spoken to Peter was enough to give him the faith to be able to step out onto the water and to focus on Jesus. That was enough right there. That true word from Jesus. So as Christians, when we're going to go out and preach the the gospel, keep that in mind. Keep in mind that as long as we preach the truth, God's going to do the rest. He just wants us to follow his word. We don't need to water it down. We don't have to add to it. We don't have to make it, you know, sound good. The gospel is the most amazing story of all time. We don't have to water it down. And we sure as heck don't have to make it sound sweet. Because it's the greatest love story of all. So what's the gospel? Well, the good news starts with our bad news. That we're all sinners. And that at one point, all we had was bad news. Before Jesus, it was only bad news. If we were to stand before God, he would only tell us bad news, that we were going to live in an eternity separated from him forever. He's the true source of light in our life, and we, will be, we would be separated from him. It starts with our bad news. But God, rich in mercy, full of grace, when me and you deserved punishment for our sin, which is death, You see, and let's talk about that for a second, because I don't think a lot of people really understand that because I didn't understand it for a while. Why, why is sin so, so very terrible? And why does it have such a harsh punishment, which is death? We have to understand that we're being held to that standard of God, his holiness. We are made in his image. We are called to be holy as he, as he is holy. The Bible says. So if, if you don't understand that today, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 6. Because it's an amazing representation. And while we're turning there, I want you to know that Isaiah, for his day and age, he was relatively a good man. Now, I use my finger quotes there because the Bible says uh, no one's good except God. But generally sp- speaking as the world would talk. He was a good man. He was a prophet. He spoke the word of God and people looked at him as righteous. But in Isaiah six, he has this vision of God 
And when he sees him, he cries out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And he says, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the Lord of hosts. When he saw God, when he saw his perfection in all of his glory, everything changed. He was no longer, he was no longer holy. He was just a sinner, unrighteous before the eyes of the Lord. We're held to that holy standard. And we could never, after the fall of man, we could never conform back to that image. So what did God do? God planned the gospel, the good news. He sent his only son in the likeness of human flesh to die and to take our place, to be the punishment, to literally the same punishment that me and you were supposed to get, our bad news, he took for us. And he died on that cross for our sins and now he lives forever reigning in all of eternity he makes intercession for us so that we will never have to be far off we the bible says that he has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness because we are now connected back to the source we once were far off but we are now connected back to the source of life through Jesus Christ. And that's the gospel. That we get connected back. That he died for our sins. He made him who knew no sin become sin. So that we might become the righteousness of God. We got exchanged. We are exchanged from unrighteousness to righteousness. In the Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us. He rose again. And he lives forever. And that starts with understanding. The true and living word of God. And it's amazing today. Listen, I want you to know that you can accept this gospel. You can respond to it. You can receive the free gift of eternal life that is in Christ Jesus today. You can pray this prayer. You can pray it from your heart. Believe it to be true and repent from your sins today. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you that he died and took my place. I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins through his blood. I believe that you rose him up from the grave and that he lives forevermore. Fill me with your spirit. Come into my heart. Jesus, I declare you my Lord and my Savior, and from now on I live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.